You are listening to Faithfully Feminine Radio. Hey girl, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Your favorite girl is back with another episode and I hope you all are doing wonderful. I only have a couple of quick announcements. Like I got energy today. It is literally 5 a.m. and I got energy, but I'm here with a couple announcements and I am so excited to announce my website is live. That will be down in the description box. It's at www.faithfullyfeminine.com. So please visit the website, ladies. Sign up to join the community. There's also a freebies tab, so you can find the 20 rules of self-improvement there for free. It is free 99. It costs $0.00. So you might as well download it. Outside of that, you can listen to the podcast on the website, browse the freebies that we will have, and we will have paid products later on, and then join the community And also, there is a prayer request tab, of course, which I am happy to announce. Um, This is totally private if you want to share anything, any prayer that you you need, you know, whether it's something good, something bad. Um, And you can also put in the description box of that if you feel like being contacted or not about the prayer. Or if not, like, I get it. I fill out my prayer request with church, and I'm just like, don't contact me. Like, I just need y'all to pray over me, child. Uh, I need all the prayer I could get. Okay, because the Lord said, when two gather his name, there he is. So, of course, fill out the prayer request tab if you would like that. And don't forget to email contact at faithlyfeminine.com for any advice or anything you want to see on the podcast. Because I'm always a bit open to suggestions. And I do want to say for my girlies on YouTube, I am, I do apologize. I look like, like I, I don't look my best right now. I don't look bad because I feel like I don't I don't ever look bad. I just don't look my best. I got the Meek Mills in right now, like the straight back cornrows. My wig is not on my head. I got half of a pajama on, half of a workout top because I was like, I need to get this episode out. So there is no video to this episode. Next week there will be a video to the episode. I'm just trying to get this scheduled together. So without further ado, we're going to turn to uh, Psalms 35, which is – Okay, oh, well, I put that together. That was not good. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. And it reads, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. That's why today's episode is Joy Comes in the Morning. There's a lot to unpack here. That is such an uplift, like, that is such an upliftful, is that even a word? Okay, girl, like, I haven't even had coffee yet. That's such an uplifting message. There we go. My favorite question that non-believers, and even I even ask sometimes, is, God, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why does bad, why do bad things happen to good people? I feel like that is number one, believe unbelievers like, or people who are skeptical of having a relationship with the Lord. I feel like that's like the number one thing that they say. And for the longest, 
I never had a legit answer to this question. Like, I don't know what y'all asking me for. I just know that I believe in God because of the things that I've seen and heard. Okay. But I don't know why good thing, bad things happen to good people. And why do good things happen to bad people in the, you know, in the opposite, but why do bad things happen? Why do we suffer? Does God not love his people? We're going to answer these questions today. One, I told y'all my background information about beefing with God. I'm pretty sure you listening, if you are a Christian, have beef with God at some point. And even if you aren't a Christian, you might beef with God in the future, even while you listen to this, after you listen to this. And these questions are legit questions to ask. And these are things that sometimes we may think about even when we are a Christian and even when we are reading his word, or maybe we forgot to read his word, or maybe we coming up with excuses with not reading his word and coming up with excuses with not going to church and not being in community and not doing all the things that God wants us to do and longs for us to do because he loves us. But these questions are usually asked by people who are either currently in a battle or within a previous battle kind of contemplating about Christ or contemplating about a relationship with the Lord or just people who are genuinely curious as to why things are. And it could also be a standard or a question for someone who is simply just an empathetic person. And so what I want to invite you to realize is that with everything in life, you gain perspective with pain comes perspective always like I mean always and you might even not think of it in that manner while you're going through it but once you get out of it you always have a brand new fresh perspective and can utilize certain things moving forward based off of what you have been you can also help someone else in that current position because we all go through things and I I really have not met someone who has gone through something that someone else has not gone through. There's so many people in the world and we have so many avenues into sharing our testimony, whether it's through a podcast like this and how I talk to you guys, whether through it's a vlog or Instagram or TikTok or email or Facebook or honestly, whatever. There's always a means of communication, even if it's in person, at a community group, at an AA meeting. There, You can always help someone else who has gone through something similar um, to you. So there's always perspective and pain. And I want you all to write that down and think about that. Every time y'all are in pain, there's perspective. And there are certain gifts that you accumulate along the way of those trials. So for an example, my 10th grade teacher, oh my gosh, would say this. You wouldn't know true happiness if you've never been sad or down. Translation, you wouldn't know true joy in life if you have not been through the valley of the shadow of death. Because what would you have to compare it to? This life outlined in Genesis or this world outlined in Genesis and what had happened when Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. It's actually, even though these questions are legit questions, 
now that I've grown in my faith, I've realized there are actually easy answers to this. And I'm going to lay it out for y'all real quick and real simple. In Genesis, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1, chapter 1, right? Just, uh, just, yeah, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. After that, he gave Adam and Eve a set of rules. They ain't listen. Because they ain't listen, they got kicked out the garden. When they got kicked out the garden, they invited sin in, and that invited pain and suffering in. So Adam and Eve essentially invited pain and suffering in based off of not listening and being disobedient to God, which is the same pain and suffering we all go through. And that does not mean that God is not here with us because God tried it a different way. Now, he gave the people, this is the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. New Testament, Jesus was alive. Old Testament, Jesus wasn't alive, right? And the people were separated from God. There was no Holy Spirit realming around that you could call on in the Old Testament. So when they were kicked out of the garden, they was going through sin, bad things were happening, and basically that's when the world got ghetto. In, in layman's terms, where it got ghetto. So they were just living in a ghetto world, and sin severed their ties with God. Every time they sinned, which was literally every day. Think about how many times you sin a day. Like it, you be, you be sinning and you don't even realize you sinning. You just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just sinned. <laughs> right. And so every day, imagine every time you sin, you had to like slaughter some goats on a mountaintop. That's basically what they had to do. And they had to create a tabernacle because there was no way for them to talk to God without cleaning and cleansing themselves. And then certain families could talk to God, certain families would be in the tabernacle. But anyway, the world was so ghetto that there was no Holy Spirit that they had to slaughter some goats and go through a whole bunch of rules in order to have access to the Lord. Unless God came down to the burning bush or somebody saw an angel or something super, supernatural was happening. Um, something super supernatural and it got to the point God was like oh gosh this this is just too much it's a lot going on you know what I'm going to send my son in physical human form perfect man but the only thing that shows weakness in Jesus is the fact that he has flesh which means he gets tired which means he gets tempted which means he has a human body that is old testament right the new testament comes Jesus here Jesus got put down to the ghetto earth. He, in my mind, I envisioned it as, why you send me down to this ghetto place? And God's like, you need to do what you need to do, and I sent you to be there for a reason. So just suck it up. You're going to be in the ghetto place for, for like 33 years or whatever, and I'm going to call you back up to where it ain't ghetto no more. That's really what happens. And so when Jesus gets called back up and leaves us here in this ghetto place, he's like, you know what? I actually got y'all a gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. And so you can always contact me. I'm always here. The angels is always here. The angels always fighting demons. You can't really see them, but you can always call on me because the Holy Spirit will dwell in you and be a guide to you. God presented us a guide in this ghetto world <laughs> to help us maneuver through the ghetto and the ratchet, which is why bad things happen to good people because we are in a sinful world. Sin was invited and it has not stopped. But we have a gift to guide us through the sins. And we have God's promises 
to rely on and to call him on. Hey, God, you promised me this. And God will in turn deliver. I promise you that if it is his will, he will deliver. There are certain things that God gifts us and grants us no matter what the heck it is. So someone can be praying and saying, hey, I want to get into law school and they don't get into law school and they're upset and they may say, well, God grants us work. God does grant us work, but God's plan might not be for that person to go to law school. God's plan might, might, might be for that person to be in a PR or to be in marketing, right? But there's certain things that God grants us regardless. And one of those things is sleep. God grants us rest. He grants us a peaceful slumber. Talking about my sleep paralysis episode. If you're experiencing that, go back and listen to that episode. I think it's called Sleeping Beauty. Are you experiencing, are you having rest of sleep? But anyway, so that is a roundabout way in a way of why good things happen to bad people. But like I was saying is that while we do suffer in this ghetto world, because Adam and Eve decided to invite sin, like we were basically invited to a party and forced to go to a party that we didn't really want to go to. Like, have you ever been little and (laughs) there was like a party going on and you had to go and you didn't want to go. That's, that's what we're doing right now. That's what Earth is. Earth is a party that we've been invited to, even though we didn't want to show up. And at least, at least there's good cake at the party. Like, I've been to some sucky parties, but I felt better once the cake came out and the cake was good. It was like, okay, at least the cake and the food is good, child. At least they got good drinks. I guess. I can, I guess I can suck it up until this party is over. So, <laughs> And then the second thing is innocence. So we're going to get in a little bit about children. Even though I explained to you sin was invited in and we had no choice in the stay because we arrived when sin was already invited in. And the good thing is we arrived with the Holy Spirit. Now I feel bad for the folks in the Old Testament. I'll be reading the Old Testament. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) You ever think like people be like, oh, girl, like I'm so glad my black American behind was not born in the U.S. when they had slaves. Better yet, I'm glad I wasn't born like B.C. when they had slaves too. But really, I'm really happy I wasn't born that I had to go slaughter a goat every time I sinned. Like, I get to call on the Holy Spirit. I'm really happy about that. That is actually a, that is a gift. That is a gift that we need to be thankful for every day. Every time you sin, I want to imagine you having to slaughter a goat. You will be thankful regardless of your circumstances. But people always like to add, what about children? See, I watched the news. I moved to D.C. at the end of March. My first time watching the news in D.C. was a couple of weeks ago in September. So... Yeah, I know. Crazy. It took me March, April, May, June, July, August. Six months. Six months into living in this district, new state, that I'm going to watch the news. So I turned on the news. And as I turned on the news, 
I was flooded with just a lot of information. This is why I don't like watching news because it just gets me down, child. And outside of the weather and the little cute segments they have, they go, they get to the real news. And I mean, everything was just turmoil. Somebody stealing somebody. Somebody got murdered in a famous park that people walk in in broad daylight. They done found her body two months later. So the day I was watching the news was the day that they finally found her dismembered body. And she was a teacher. Like, it was just, it was crazy. And as I'm watching the news, I'm starting to, like, I was getting emotional. And I found myself panicked. I found myself anxious. Well, what if I was at that park? I like to go on walks in broad daylight all the time, right? And I just had the sense of fear and uncertainty that this could be me. And then on the flip side of that, I hear a 12-year-old something happened to a child. And I get angry. So not only am I anxious that this could happen to me, I'm upset because I hear about things that are happening to children. And I'm like, why, Lord, why the kids? Why does this happen to kids? Why do bad things happen to kids? It's already bad enough that bad things happen. But the fact that you got to hear things crazy about children, about babies, you're like, okay, damn, they didn't even get a chance. They didn't get a chance at all. See, the non-believers thought process stops at the world because that's all they know that's all they see and really that's all they got look got to look forward to is this ghetto place which is really sad and yes there's ups and downs here but it's a ghetto place we're just dwelling here the difference between non-believers and believers is that we understand as believers that this place is temporary the earth is temporary. Your pain is temporary. Your pain here is temporary because joy does come in the morning, but it's all temporary because once you leave here, you either go to heaven or hell. There's an external thing that is going to happen for the rest of your being even after this earth. And sometimes what happens, like what happened to me, is that as a believer, I'm forgetting the fact that I go somewhere after here. Like I should look forward to where I'm going after here because it's not ghetto. Because he- the, the Bible talks about heaven. But because non-believers don't have a recollection or understanding of something happens after this, they're only subjected to the pain and suffering here. So when things happen to them or when things happen to children, they say things like God is not just. There's no such thing as a God who cares. A God who cares wouldn't allow babies to go through this, wouldn't allow children to go through this. You get what I'm saying? Where's the innocence? Children are innocent. That's like the number one saying that I hear people say. I used to even say that too. Like, oh my goodness, that innocent child. And then God was like, any way of innocence. And yes, there's a difference between, I feel like we get innocence confused with ignorance. Ignorance is you don't know any better. You don't know about those things. As a child, you don't know about certain things. You're ignorant towards certain things. Now, I feel like the ignorance gap is closing a little bit with technology and children's access to things that they shouldn't have access to. But that's neither here nor there. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But 
my opinion is the first time, the first, the first problem is that we don't know the difference between innocence and ignorance. And really children, we all are not born innocent. We're born sinful. We're born into sin. And some of us adapt sin more early on than others, but we are inevitably born into sin. Whether it's our choice or not, we didn't get to choose. Adam and Eve chose for us. The sin was already here. You get what I'm saying? Bad things happen because we live in an evil world that is constantly going through a battle. A battle's happening and we can't see it physically, necessarily. And that's not the end of our lives. Now, it gets a lot better when you shift your focus on knowing that we don't begin and really end here. We begin here, but there is an eternal life that we go to after this place. I think this place is a place of holding, really. Before you, before folks go to prison, they got to get, they got to be in a holding cell. That's what this is with perks. We in a holding cell with perks and we get to love here. You love, you lose, you have triumph, you have sadness, you have pain, you have panic, you have anxiety, but you have a helper. And lately I've been in a huge, like, I've been in a huge state of panic lately and it's infected me in ways that I never knew it could. And all the traumatic things that I went through, this one felt more suffocating. And in the midst of it, I was reminded by God that joy comes in the morning. And that's what I'm telling you. Joy comes in the morning here on earth. And joy comes in the morning after you leave here. This is not your end all, be all. That's one thing my dad, my dad was like, this man is not your end all, be all. You were here before him. You're going to be here after him, baby girl. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you about this moment right here. The moment that you are living in currently, the job that is stressing you out, the man that is running amok, your children who are not behaving, whatever, your school who has shot you down, the whoever abandoned you or mistreated you. And of course, I'm not saying those things are not God's plan. Those things are not at all God's plan. And I've touched on this before. It might not be God's plan, but God going to turn things around because joy comes in the morning. So here are some actionable tips that you can do to help you along with shifting your focus and knowing that this is not a forever thing and now understanding why good things happen to bad people and why bad things happen to good people. There are 10 things, well, actually 11 things that I've written down for you all. The first thing is to read books. And I'm going to share with you, actually, and I think I actually might add this as a tab on the website, um, like books to go through, because I, I do have like a lot of books. Reading books is really, really good for your mind and to open up your horizon. You can learn about anything in a book. Pick up a book. I promise y'all. So the book that I'm reading right now is called 
Zeal Without Burnout, and it's by Christopher Ash. You can also find this on Audible. It's not a very long read, but it talks about seven keys to a lifelong ministry of sustainable sacrifice. It goes into the difference between sacrifice, like real sacrifice for the Lord and using your body as a living sacrifice and actually just burning yourself out. It talks about how basically sleep is us trusting in the Lord because we have to rest and how basically the world continues to go on even as we sleep, right? So tip number one is to read a book. Tip number two is to lean into little joyful things. Like if you find joy in even the slightest thing, write that down, live in that moment. Three is happiness should not be conditional. Happiness is a state. It should not be like joy is a state. And joy is something that the Lord gives us through him and through the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit. And it should not matter your circumstances. You should always have inner joy because that is something that no one can take from you. Joy that God's going to turn around. Joy that God has, I don't know, over 200 something promises in this Bible. Number four is accept that real joy is where and how you are. Not necessarily where you are physically, but just your state of being. Like, I am here. God brought me into this world, although it is a little ghetto. He brought me here for a reason. Five is another book recommendation I have. It's called The Mountain Is You, How to Stop Self-Sabotage. I've realized that most of the problems I had was really an act of self-sabotage. And when I thought about self-sabotage, I didn't realize how deep it goes into different avenues of our life. When I think about self-sabotage, I really just think about people sabotaging relationships. I think about self-sabotage and like overreading or just certain things. So we're going to have a self-sabotage episode. But that is a really good book. Number six is chemical imbalance can play a role and try your best to consume foods shows, movies, books, podcasts, consume anything that can help with the production of serotonin or the production of your feel-good hormones. Now, if you are experiencing a chemical imbalance to where you might have to get medical help to balance it out, I highly suggest you do so as well. But before we had medicine, child, we had food, we had roots, we had herbs. So it, not into know like witchcraft stuff, herbs, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Try your best to consume things that do not have as much chemicals. Try to cut out sugar, high fructose corn syrup. You will be surprised by the more vegetables and fruits you eat, the better you will feel physically and mentally. And number eight is that your problems are symptoms to something bigger than what's going on sometimes. So I do challenge you to like journal. We all are going to experience problems. And like I told you about me reading, not reading the news, (laughs) like I told you about me watching the news, right? I was having a sense of panic and anxiety. It's not just what happened with what I was watching. It was 
really a distrust in what God promises me. God promises me safety. He promises me sleep. And so if someone's fearful of going to sleep at night because they've been having nightmares, sleep is just a problem. The issue is you don't really trust God and that he promises you sleep. Um, Number nine is panic is focused on things that could happen that you cannot control. You have to learn to give up control. You cannot control everything. And when I just said that, I should have added Imani, like (laughs) a reminder to myself from one control freak to another. You cannot control everything in this life. It is not your job. That is God's job. So you have to relinquish the control because if you try to hold on to it, you will feel panic when it comes to things you cannot control. Number 10 is mountains are gifts. Pain is perspective. Always remember. And number 11, shout out to my daddy. I was on my, (laughs) y'all. I was down and out one day crying outside of my closet. I don't know why I was sitting outside of my closet. I think I was looking at things and just trying to be grateful for all the things I had in my closet. Because I have this bad way of saying, like, I don't have anything to wear. And just like, girl, yes, you do. God has given you so many things. So I was sitting outside my closet and I was crying. I was on the verge of a panic attack and my dad called me. It's crazy how these things work out, right? Dad called me and I answered. I was sitting, <laughs> sitting literally sitting on the floor outside my closet and we were talking about something. He interrupted me and he goes, don't forget. You can always, always, always power through with praise. When you feel like you have nothing left, your back is against that wall. That wall is against your back. You ain't got nothing else to give. I mean, nothing. Turn on some praise music. Turn on some praise music. And I mean praise music. I mean that like 1990s, like that Kirk Frank, like that stump, that revolution, like the book of Revelation. Like I mean praise music. And just stop, even if it is for two minutes, even if it is just for that one song because you got stuff to do, or if it's for five minutes. Just give God the glory and the praise. And he, in fact, will turn around. In that moment, I didn't feel panic. I didn't feel anxiety anymore. After I got off the phone with him, guess what I did? I told Siri to put on some praise music, and we done, we praised it out. I showed it, get up off that floor. Girl, get up. Get your, girl, get, I be thinking, of, I'm like, the Holy Spirit don't talk like that, girl. The Holy Spirit is not cursed. But if I was like, girl, get your ass up, what you doing? But, yeah, so with that, you will transform into what God needs you to be. And my pastor has said this. I wrote this down. It stuck with me. It says, God does not promise to fulfill your request, but he stands to come through on his promises. I was like, ooh, that's that's a heavy hitter right there. And I'm going to leave y'all with that one. Share this with a friend. Rate the podcast. Visit the website. And I'll see y'all in the next episode.